By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host. He gathers the waters of the seas as a heap. He puts the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man from where he sits enthroned. He looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered because of his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation, and by its great might it cannot rescue. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love, that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield, for our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. So, it's going to be a little different this morning. Um, I'm going to tell you a story. Well, let's, let's back up. Does anything really go according to plan? I mean, I, I can honestly say that every single plan that I've ever made in my life has fallen apart. I don't know. Maybe your plans work out. Mine certainly don't. Who knows? But I grew up, with, my uncle would always tell me and the whole family that if you plan, if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. And I thought I'm, those are words to live by. And so as I grew up, I always lived by those words. But it always seemed to fail either way. So and then I would move on to another set of lofty plans. So indulge me here for a minute while I tell you this story about my past week and how I came to write this sermon in a laundry room at a house that wasn't mine in Laurel, Mississippi. <clears throat> Have you ever had a day where... You were so stressed out and just overwhelmed that you couldn't even think straight. Like where everything was just like nothing was working out and you just you could not think straight. You didn't even know what to do next. You've had those days? That was the whole last week for me. I've been working at this place in Midtown for some time trying to sell some architectural salvage. Well, while working there, we acquired some gym flooring from a very well-known and well-respected college in Mississippi. And for the past few months, I've been going back and forth with a certain television show. They wanted to buy this gym floor for their show. But they've rejected every single offer that I've, ever, that I've given them. And finally, they came to an agreement. They accepted the offer. Of course, their delay and their rejections slowed them down 
And so they needed the gym floor immediately without haste. So I thought, we can do this. I can do this. After all, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, so let's do it. And so he told me that I also needed to be there. I think, okay, we can do that too. And so the day started with a rental car company that confirmed my reservation. And as we pulled, they guaranteed my reservation. And as we pulled into the rental car company, my guaranteed four-wheel reservation was pulling out. No cars left, they said, and nothing we can do about it. What was so worse is that they didn't even really seem to care. And then the semi-trucks arrived to pick up the shipping containers filled with gym flooring. But the loading company was not there as they promised they would be. They also could have cared less. So I spent my day trying to keep two truckers happy, finding a rental car, and another heavy-duty loading company, all impossible tasks. Throughout the day, I was constantly praying, not for as long as I liked, but still constantly praying, submitting and surrendering to him. But my breaking point came five hours later in the waiting room of a rental car company on Mount Moriah. I started shaking and feeling severe anxiety. I had had a moment to read Romans 8 and asking God once again to make things go smoothly after a day where nothing was going smooth. I was supposed to be on the road and halfway to Laurel, Mississippi by now, and yet here I am on Mount Moriah. I finally get a rental car. The loaders finally show up. And by the time I got to Laurel, Mississippi, at 1030 at night, the truckers just left Memphis. I turned the television on in the hotel room. And I kid you not, this is providential. It had to be providential because the commercial was on for the rental car company. And I went to sleep with the words, we are there when you need us with plenty of cars to choose from. In extreme anger, I threw my slipper at the television. The next morning, I arrived at the place where we were filming the television show. And I met everyone and I got mic'd up and everyone got in their places and I wandered around the place pretending like I had done this before we started shooting the first scene. We were bringing in the beautiful gym flooring. The building, we had not even gotten five minutes into starting when everything was interrupted by civil defense sirens and people's cell phones going off. A tornado had touched down. The producer looked at me and said, well, sorry you drove all this way for nothing. Have a safe trip home. I had had months invested in this Emotions were high. My body couldn't take any more stress. I was done. D-U-N, done. I don't remember what happened next. I just remember my voice getting very loud and saying, no way, not happening, not today. The crew stopped and looked at me like I had grown a set of moose antlers. I looked at the producer and she could clearly see my face was not one of amusement. And she said, okay, we'll film this tomorrow, but we don't have anywhere for you to stay except this house. Like, I'll take it, because I had already checked out of my hotel. 
And so the flood of thoughts and emotions in that moment would have filled the Titanic. And all I could say was, yes, ma'am. And so I get in this house, and you could hear the tornado half a mile away, and there I was between a washer and a dryer writing this sermon. When it was all over, I realized that after 36 hours, I had not eaten or slept, and I was really tired. And then I checked my email. 36 hours, I can finally take a break. I can finally eat something, relax, and take a breath. And then I checked my email, and the bill from the loading company was there that was five hours late and more than twice what they said that uh, they originally quoted me. And so there I am. And so it was very easy for me to pick a sermon topic when things don't go according to plan. But do things ever go according to plan? What do you do when all things fall apart? There are two keys, there are two key verses here with two key words. And I want you to notice these words, counsel and plan. In verse 10, the Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the people. The counsel of the Lord stands forever in verse 11, and the plans of his heart from generation to generation. When God plans something, it's done. It's going to happen. When we plan something, it's probably not going to happen. Unless, as we'll see, God has planned it. And so the point of these verses is that both men and God count, take counsel and both plan. But in the end, it is not the counsel and plans of men that are established, but God's. We must realize that God plans the world. He plans churches. He plans lives. He pl His plans succeed. His plans take precedence over our plans. Our plans are only as significant and stable as much as God plans them to be. You have no power in this next moment, this next day, the next year. God is the all-important reality in planning from beginning to end. And this is the point of the sermon where we have to take a moment and point out the people in Scripture whose plans did not go according to plan. Adam, Eve, Satan, Cain, Abel, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Jacob, Esau, Joseph, Moses. That's just in the first book. Esther, Ruth, David, Saul, Absalom, Job, Solomon, Jonah. All the prophets wanted Israel to go one way, and Israel always went the other way. And then there were the 12 disciples. They were planning on having a nice life of fishing and collecting taxes. Well, that didn't happen. Judas had plans. Herod had plans. Paul had plans. They all had plans. But Jesus was the one doing the planning. When you're waiting for that moment of silence in your life, 
when you're waiting for that for that moment where you can just have no distractions and, and just and just pray for a minute and ask God's will for your life and the phone rings or the kids yell and beat down the door to get your attention, well, guess what? God just answered your prayers. Look here. Just because your plans fail and your life isn't what you thought it would be, it doesn't mean you're outside of God's will. Just because you're not happy, just because you're frustrated, just because bad things happen to you, it does not mean that God's not working in your life. It means that the will of God is working in you to the day of completion. We become unhappy when we lose sight of that, though. And that's when things fall apart when we take our eyes off the planner and put our eyes on our own schedule. We lose sight of that and our thankfulness for being under his divine will is lost in the stresses of life. The difference between God's plans and ours is that we get afraid when we lose control of the situation and our plans go through the roof. But God is in need of him every single day. Then when things fall apart, when life doesn't go according to plan, fear will creep in. Anxiety will creep in. And then anger. And that's the difference. You must stay focused on your faithful God despite whatever is staring you in the face. We live in this world where the future is far scarier than it ever has been before. We have dictators and presidents and, and senators all making plans. They don't amount to anything because God's the one doing the planning. And if we look at this through the eyes of the saints that we are, then we can truly say that God is not just in control, but has planned it so intricately for his glory for our good and for the coming kingdom. Where there is God, there is no room, no room to fear. Every little thing that doesn't work out, from the missing parking spot to waiting five hours for someone, every little thing, no matter how insignificant it might seem to us, was planned by God for his glory and for our good. Your next breath planned by God. Your eyelashes falling out, planned by God. You yourself planned by God. We 
must stay grounded in scripture and tethered to God in prayer so our flesh does not overtake our thoughts and body. Because the plans of the flesh is utter, utter destruction. In verse 16, the king is not saved by his mighty army. The warrior is not delivered by his great strength. A horse is a false hope for victory, nor does it deliver anyone by its great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope for his steadfast love that he may deliver them and their soul from death. No matter how great your resources are, no matter how large your bank account or how well you have planned the victory belongs to the Lord. A nation may have a mighty army and weapons of mass destruction. It doesn't matter. Because on the day of battle, God alone decides who wins and who loses. And oftentimes, God has sent the weak to fight last minute with no plans of preparation to slay the strong and the weak is one. Verse 14, he sits enthroned. He looks out over all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all. We may plan, but God plans our plans. We, amass, we may amass resources and strength, but the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. He decides what plans and resources succeed. God plans success and failure for his glory and for our worship of that glory. This is God's plan. I might have written it differently. He created man. Only two people to ever have free will chose wrongly brought sin in the world. And God's plan, it has to be forgiven by blood. And so he sacrificed there and forgave them. But not without severe retribution, bringing death and sickness and illness into the world. But God knew and God planned there'll come a day when I'm going to take my one and only son and whom I love more than anything in this universe and I'm going to put him on earth and you all are going to kill him. For the forgiveness of your sins. That's God's plan. don't understand it but that's his plan but the plan doesn't stop there because the third day God's plan lives and lives today and God's plan includes you right here right now your soul's quaking in fear of him. There's no accident. God planned it. 
there'll come a day when Jesus will come back. It may cut deep and it may leave lasting scars. It might also be pleasant and sweet, God's plan. But our only response in God's plan should be obedience, submission, and humility. Because while things did not go according to plan for those in Scripture that I mentioned earlier, look how it all turned out. Joseph saved Israel. Moses brought them out of slavery. And through David, Jesus was born. And Jesus saves us. Do you see that God's plan involves you being connected with every believer in Scripture and out of Scripture? It's called the kingdom. Verse 20. Here it is. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield, for our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Trust in the Lord that should be our plan. And that plan will not fail, fold, or break. And in this present world that we live in, where fear breeds around every corner, perhaps the words from Esther were also meant for us, that you were born for such a time as this. Trust in the Lord should be our plan when we hear bad news from the doctor. In a world of COVID and cancer, perhaps the world, the words from Romans were also meant for us. And we know that for those who love the Lord, all things work together for good for those he has called according to his purpose. And in a world where everything must be here and now, when patience is a thing of the past, perhaps the words from Peter were also meant for us. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone, anyone to perish but come to repentance. And in this world where we feel lost and alone, even when we're in a room with our own spouse or with people, nothing goes our way and no one cares about you or perhaps the words from this psalm were also meant for us that the plans of the Lord stand firm forever the purposes of his heart through all generations all those words were meant for you all of them not just the little plaque verses that we hang on our walls from Jeremiah and Isaiah and John Every single word planned, written for your soul. God's plan is for you to bring him glory in Christ and to seek the kingdom first. And then life gets in the way and people distract us and flesh creeps in and an enemy follows that and we have wandered away without even trying. And so God's plan is to bring you back like a shepherd in search of a lost sheep and then a few days pass after you've repented and everything is good and you're on board with God and a few days pass and the cycle starts again and life gets busy and people come by and the flesh bites you. And the hedges are down and the enemy walks right in through the gate without even a second look. 
Oh, how did you get here? Door was open. And you're wandering out in the woods, lost, wondering how you got there. Is that your cycle? Got to admit, that's my cycle. But don't think for a moment that you deserve God's grace. Because God's plan searches for you over and over and over again. No matter how many times life gets in the way, he searches for you because that's his plan. Because you're his. Don't think for a moment you deserve it because if life were left up to your plans, if life were left up to your plans, if life, your life, were left up to your plans, take a moment to think about that. The worst thing that God can do for us, the absolute worst thing that God can do for us on earth is to give us everything we want. But the good news is that we are bound by God's plans. Not left to die in our rotting flesh, but we are sealed by grace and bound by his plans and guaranteed by his promise. This is how we give thanks when things fall apart. This is how we rise from the ashes of our sin. This is how we hope for a future of a of perfection, not because we live a life based on our plans, but because God plans our life. And in him we live and we move and we have our being. If not for that, then life is empty. And even if we were able to plan, our plans would be meaningless. In his perfect plan, we can not only endure the torture of this world, but we will survive death and see the glorious plan that God has been working from, from the beginning of creation so now, you see God's plan for Jesus to be killed by us, to raise from the dead, and to come back again. To create anew. That glorious plan that God has been working on from the beginning of creation to the end of the world, eternity perfected in the gospel and made complete by God's enduring plan that in eternity, in eternity, we are perfect. 
worshiping a holy God in perfection. That's God's plan. And everything that you're doing, everything is one step closer to that plan coming to fulfillment. And you get to be a part of it. Not because you asked. Not because you planned it. Not because you knew you existed from before the beginning of time or whatever. But because God planned it. And that eternity spent in perfection of the gospel. That is... That is the completeness of God's plan. And he allows us to bring it to completion when the time is right. Let's pray. God that you would create us with a plan of holiness in mind and that we do everything to mess it up without even trying God without even trying we don't have to try to sin we just do we didn't ask to be born we didn't ask to be born we were given no choice to be born. We just were. You created us. You planned for us. And one could say this time of year that perhaps the world would be better without me. Perhaps if I wasn't here, everything would be better. Why was I born? What is the meaning of life? Why was I born, oh God, just to face all this all this nonsense and these trials and these fears and these anxieties. And then you look upon your saint and you say, because you, had you not been born, you would never get to experience eternity. You would never get to experience holiness. You would never get to experience the fullness of my plans. And that's the meaning of life that we bring you glory and that we seek your worship each and every day because our goal is not to get through the year our goal is not to have a six figure bank account our goal is not to have an advancement in job our goal is not to do anything anything other than serve you and to be a part of your plan coming to the fullness of time. And we, as your servants, O oh God, ask you humbly to make that happen in our lives. Bless us, O oh God, that we may have some small part of the kingdom 
that I may be blessed enough, God, personally, to be the dust of heaven that gets swept up just to be up there. And bless us, God, that we may see your almighty and powerful might that no matter when the devil comes in and the enemy attacks and the gates are open and he walks in and gives us spiritual warfare that we can look him in the eye and say, one day, my dad's going to get you. One day, my father is going to put you to rest. Because the hero of the Bible, Jesus Christ, has planned it. Jesus' name, amen.